Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Jill Lowry, and I am so thankful to be your host today for the Real Life, Real People Radio. Thank you to all of you who tune in every Sunday at 9 o'clock to Real Life, Real People Radio. I'm so thankful for you. And we're in the month of December, and we are talking about miracles. Last week, I talked about the miracle of joy and how much joy we can find when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, I'm going to interview a special friend of mine, and we're going to talk about the miracle of hope. Yes, there's always hope when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And are you ready? Are you ready to find hope? I know that I am, and so every Christmas, I just love reading Luke, the scriptures, I love the story of the birth of Jesus in Luke. So if you're looking for a place to begin to read this Christmas season, pick up the book of Luke and just start reading, and it will encourage you so much, and you will find that hope, that miracle of hope. So let me invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, Grab hold of Jesus, and He will bring the Bible to life for you. Let me lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll get started this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you for today. We thank you that you are our living hope. And we cling to you, Lord, for we need hope all the time, and we need you, Lord. Thank you for meeting us and our needs. Thank you that we know when we wait for you that you will be there for us. You will give us the strength and the courage that we need to press on. And we are so grateful for the hope that is found in you, Jesus Christ. So help us today and every day to just lean in a little bit closer to you and press into hope. For with you, there's always hope. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to um, introduce to you a friend of mine who we've really gotten to know each other really well the last probably five years. Um, I've worked with her at the church and in some ministry, and she has mentored with me at Mount Vernon Cares and um, done Bible studies together, and it's just really been fun to meet her. So her name is Pam Williams, and she is on staff at First Baptist Church in Mount Vernon and does a lot of work there and a lot of work in our community. So without further ado, here is Pam Williams. How are you, Pam? I'm good, Jill. Thank you. Good to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about hope. And I know you and I like to talk a lot about hope and that there's always hope. And when I was thinking about who I could interview for this topic of hope, I was thinking of you because you just, every time I see you, you're full of hope. How do you have so much hope, Pam? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've just decided that I want to look forward. And when you look forward, you have an expectation or a hope of what's to be. Oh, I love that. As opposed to looking backward and thinking, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. Looking at poor decisions, mistakes you've made in the past. I just have... Appreciate looking forward. That's and a, hope is part of that. Yes, that's a good way of viewing it. Looking forward, I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. Not looking back at the past that things maybe like you said that we've done that 
we're sorry about or, or, or bring us down, but looking forward. So are you looking forward to Christmas? Uh, well, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's upon us, if you can believe that. Well, let's talk about your background. Um, I've known you for quite a while. I know you grew up in this community in Mount Vernon, and then you've, you've moved around a lot, and then you came back. And so tell us a little bit about your background growing up here. Okay, in well, the- I moved here in fourth grade, and I met a lot of kids who are still my friends today, even though I lived for 25 years. I have a group I still travel with. We have a group. We have lunch together once a month. So those were friends that have lasted through the years. Um, when I moved here, it was just my mother and myself. My father died when I was eight. My sister and brother were 12 and eight years older than me. So I was almost like an only child. And I just felt like when I moved to Mount Vernon, you know, I grew up in a time when childhood was almost perfect. We'd leave the house in the morning. We'd roam all over town and play and explore and do all kinds of things. We just had to be home for lunch. Our moms didn't know where we were or what we were doing. But we knew if we did something we weren't supposed to, somebody would call our mom and tell Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> we had you know, built-in parents everywhere. I've always been active at First Baptist, even as a kid. When I moved here in fourth grade, I went to camp with them that summer, and that's when I got saved. Oh, but really? It took me two more years to actually get the nerve to walk down the aisle <laughs> and make a oh. public profession. But when I was a kid here, we didn't have children's ministers or youth ministers. It was all parents and volunteers. And I was just thinking back on that. I remember so many things they did for us, like we had GAs, YWAs, summer camp. We went to ball games. Every Valentine's, we had this huge sweetheart banquet. We dressed up in formals. And, you know, I think of all the work and the time yes. that these adults invested in us. So we also you also memorized a lot of scripture. They were also very. Very big on scripture. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, it's but okay. so you had a lot of people in your life that came beside you and helped you, yes. discipled you, and you saw how important. I didn't that know is. that's what they were doing, but now but looking back, that's yes, what they were doing. They were, mm-hmm. they were role models every every way. And so now you're able to do that for for the next generation. You have a lot of grandchildren and well, children. I hope I have. You have. I watch it. Yes, I've been active in church my whole life and. Yeah, after after I graduated and went off school, I still I taught Sunday school, I taught children's groups, worked in VBS, did children's choir and Christmas programs. Because I had such good role models, I wanted to give back the same thing. Plus, I just had fun doing oh, yeah. it. Oh, well, that is so. Awesome. Church has always just been a real mm-hmm. important part of my life. What would you say to people who maybe? You don't have that experience, but that yet or feel like they're missing something in their life. Would you tell them how important it is to, to be a part of a church family? Yeah, so you can't just go attend on Sunday because you're not getting everything out of it. You've got to get involved. Join a Bible fellowship or Sunday school class. Get to know people. Yeah, our church is very active during Halloween. We served 
a thousand hot dogs to the community. That was, and we had a lot of fun. The adults in the background have a lot of fun uh, getting all that ready. So there's all kinds of ways. Our women's ministry, you know, does a lot of things. Uh, we're always cooking something or providing a clothes for someone, have all kinds of mission projects, plus our heart-to-heart every month. So you can find something that you enjoy, and you'll get a lot more out of church by being around those people. Yes, that's great advice, and I see how much you've done, but I didn't realize you were involved in all those other things you know, throughout the church's history. So you have been a part of this church for years, and now you're on staff. Right. That's I came full circle. You did. I was going to say, you've yeah. come full circle, so you've seen it all. You've probably served on a lot of committees as well, I'm sure, of the church. I am. So. I'm just inspired every day by mm-hmm. people I work with, you know, people I'm on staff with, people on the committees, on the women's team, mm-hmm. and they just become family. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so blessed and honored to serve with you on the women's ministry heart-to-heart team and um, how that has grown. Can you believe how many women are coming? We have hundreds every month coming to hear an inspirational message, to to eat. And by the way, you are in charge of all the meals. Thank you for all that. (laughs) And our public relations. You help with all the advertisement and the flyers and the agenda. I mean, you do a lot, so thank you so much. But it's really touching a lot of women, and so it's important. But I think you nailed it. Being a part of that gives you hope because you get to meet people you sh- that you might share similar stories or can help one another. If someone's going through something, you can help minister to that person or just be there for them. Right, and through the women's ministry, I've met other people who have encouraged Even at my age, I'm uh-huh. old. You know, they've encouraged me to memorize scripture. Well, I had not memorized scripture since I had to do it at GIs when I was a kid. So that's been a challenge. It's been rewarding to have some verses stored up in my head. Yeah, let's talk about that um, because I know that you have been working on some of these scriptures, and one of them particularly from Romans talks about hope. So would you share that scripture with us? I know that you have memorized it, and it's been one of your favorite verses. So well, where give is it, it a try. Romans? Give it a try, Pam. It's Romans fifteen thirteen. It's been really important to me the last few months especially. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I have called on that verse over and over the last few months. Yes, and so that verse to you, you know, as we look at it, may the God of hope. Of course, right there we know God is hope. And so when you're going through something, you cling to God. I haven't looked up the definition of hope because sometimes we associate hope with what we want things to be, and that's not really what hope is. Um, one definition I found that I liked was that hope is a trusted friendship. And we think about that with God. You have to trust that God, God knows it all. He knows my needs. And so when I put my hope in God, he's going to do more than I ever could have wanted for myself. I love that. I haven't heard that trusted like that friendship. And so your trusted friendship has become stronger right. with God over the last 
couple of months, you said. And so when you have that friendship, he fills you with what? What does it say in this verse? Joy and peace. And have you felt that? The and joy and I peace? feel that. And then that's reinforced through our, like I said, different ones on our women's team who encourage us to memorize scripture. We do Bible studies. We have prayer groups and all those that work together to strengthen me, even at my age. Yeah, because <laughs> we all need strength. I mean, right. we're all going to face hard times and different things. And then the part of the verse is, as you trust in him. So have you learned to trust in him more, even when you don't understand? Um, yes, I yeah. I don't have to understand. I, I don't feel like I have to know the answers. I may have questions, but I have to know the answers. Because I know how much I love my children. And I know God loves me even more than that. So he's going to take care of it just like I would for my kids. Yes, and he will. He will. And then it says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that part of the verse mean to you? Well, the Holy Spirit's the part that lives within you. Yes. <clears throat> that's the part you call on, even when you don't have the words to know what you want. The Holy Spirit can intercede for you, and and you can mm-hmm. fill the gap. Definitely, yeah. There's even a scripture in Romans that says, when you don't know the words you ought to pray, the Holy Spirit will will fill you with those words, intercede for you. And and I've had those times before when I just I'm so stressed or anxious or heartbroken or whatever, and I just don't have the words. I don't have the words, but the Holy Spirit knows, and he will intercede. And that's from chapter 8 of Romans. So you're right. So because you said it, the Holy Spirit dwells in you when you're a believer. And so have you found that you're hearing more of the Holy Spirit and receiving more of that power when you need him? Yes, especially through the peace and joy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know Christmas can be a hard time for people, especially when you're experiencing loss. Maybe you've lost someone. This is the first Christmas without them. It's very hard. And so even more cling to God. Is that what you would say? Is that what you've done when you've struggled with things? Absolutely. mm Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so this is so good. What other scriptures have you memorized? Do you have another one that you love? Uh, no. That's not. just I mean, been sure one, Yeah, but, but that's your go-to verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. That's great. Well, I want to tell you a verse that I came upon recently, and I want to talk about this. It's wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So it says, wait for the Lord twice, at the beginning and at the end. And I just kind of noticed that. And it's from Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen. And I'm not one that likes to wait. I don't want to wait. I mean, that's the worst that. thing. It, I mean, do you like to wait? No. Most people don't. But I think what God is saying through this verse is if we wait on him, that he will give us the strength and the courage to face whatever it is that we're going through. And just just waiting on him can be just spending time with him, you know, making him our trusted friendship, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. And there's our hope right there. Have you had to wait on something? I mean, we all have, but recently that you're just like, I don't want to wait. <laughs> well, I guess I'm waiting now. I think we're always waiting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen really in our world. We're going through hard times and, you know, and wait, I, you know, some people are really upset about that. And I feel like my future is a little bit uncertain or unpredictable. So in the meantime, I'm not, well, I guess I'm waiting, but I'm also busy yes. filling in that time that, you know, with meaningful activities, not just waiting to see what's going to happen. Right, right. I agree because if we just wait around and we don't do anything, that's that's not what the Lord wants. But I love your explanation as you go and you serve and you do and you help others during your waiting, and and that strengthens you well, that and encourages takes the you. Focus off your own problems or issues. Yes, you yes. Know, think about somebody else's. Exactly. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your family. Um, you have a wonderful family, a lot of grandchildren. How did you get them all to move back to Mount Vernon? I don't know how that <laughs> happened. That was a real surprise and a real blessing. Yes. Had you hoped for that or prayed for that? I mean, I'm Not sure really. as moms. I mean, I thought it would be great, but I never thought it would happen. Yeah. But see, God, like you said, does more than we could ever dream or imagine. And how important it is now and how you just love having them so close. You get yes. to go to their games, and I'm very blessed to have a, them all here. and live close to your one of your daughters. Don't you live real close to her? And y'all can help each other. It's kind of nice to know you have a relative, you know, especially a daughter and a son-in-law right next door. Right. You know, that's that's really neat. That's great. Well, that's really a blessing, isn't it? It is. God for blesses sure. us so much. Now, I want to talk about. Um, other missions or kind of things that are on your heart right now that you would like to see happen that maybe you're waiting on in this community or um, in this church or just um, what what is your mission? Where is your burden right now? My mission right now is to make the community more aware of our lack of handicapped facilities in Mount Vernon. Specifically at my own church, probably several churches, at our school in our downtown area. You told me that that was your mission, and I know that this came about because seven months ago you were diagnosed with ALS. And since then, you have seen the need because you yourself have a wheelchair that you use, and it's made you notice that there's other people that need these handicapped facilities, uh, the ramps, and what what all would you like to see? Just well, every- most people are like me. I never noticed it before. I didn't know anybody. I wouldn't push anybody around in a wheelchair. It just didn't concern me. And one lack of caring. It was just ignorance. I just didn't know. So after when I was diagnosed with ALS, you know, my whole world turned upside down. I was told I have two to five years to live. I lose all muscle control, have a feeding tube, a ventilator. And so instead of just sitting around worrying about that, my mission now is to at least make life more comfortable for those of us who have rollators or walkers or wheelchairs because I plan to stay very busy as long as I can. That includes going to all my kids' activities and ball games. And I've just had a terrible time this year getting to ball games because we don't have adequate seating. 
getting in and out of the gyms, the football field is we're just not up to par. I yeah. went to Country Fest on the square. There's no handicap restroom, public restroom provided by the city. Yeah, my charge, they've been wonderful. We've added handrails. We're adding power doors. Um, and so, you know, once people realize the need, hopefully they'll do something about those things. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. It's for anybody. I know at Country Fest, there were at least 10, 12 people in wheelchairs on walkers. So I'm sure they had the same issues I did. You know, where do you go? It's hard to get around. Yeah, Pam, I love that because you have taken something that you could have looked and, oh, poor me, I feel sorry for myself. But instead, you're like, how can I help other people? You want to keep active, and you have. I mean, you are doing so good. You you get around, and you still work, and you don't complain, and 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 you're seeing – the Lord is showing you the need and you want to help others, you know, and I just, I love that. And I know that this will be something that is put on the forefront and yeah, I, I believe so. it. And when I go watch my junior high girls play volleyball or basketball, I have to sit on the visitor side because that's the only place for a wheelchair. And it's not fun to be on the visitor no, side. No, no, we want to be on the Especially home on side. some teams yes. can play. So I just think there's areas that we can improve. I mm-hmm. hope that I'll see some real changes. Yes, yes. And you're a doer, and I know that you will talk to the people that you think, you know, you could talk to to maybe yes, get this done. You already have here at the church, and things are getting done. So that's good. And that'll help so many people. Maybe people haven't been coming to churches or because they can't feel comfortable. That's probably there's not true. Enough, we, so. we didn't have a place for wheelchairs. In our church, much, and now we do. Yeah, you get the power doors. The whole goal, you know, is to say independent. Do what you can. Yes, somebody can open the door for me, but I want to open. I want to be able to open the door myself. Right. I don't want to have to wait on somebody all the time. Yeah. Well, that's and good. So that's just you know, you mm-hmm. get involved and be mission oriented, and that's mm-hmm. been mine. Oh, I like that. Be mission oriented and. How can you serve? How can you give? How can you make a difference? And I got that from listening to testimonies of other people with ALS. Really? There are so many wonderful, especially younger people who have been diagnosed at 30 and 35 Mm -hmm. who are running or doing marathons and writing books and, you know, just doing all kinds of things because they were determined not to just sit and die. Right. They wanted to leave something. Mm-hmm. And not give up. And, and you haven't. And, and that hope comes in. That's right. They that's have, right. They have that hope that they can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've seen the hope in you and the way you have not given up and you're continuing to go. Someone was telling me that you were serving meals the other night. That, and you do it every week still, don't you? Sure I do. Yeah. So you're not going to give up. You... You're there on those Wednesday night meals, and how many people are we serving now? We're serving well over 200. 200, and every Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and it's free, just donations if you want right. want to donate. And so anyone is invited, and you have done that ministry three years, four years oh, I've now? I've done that ministry for 
10 or 11 oh, t- oh, gosh, 10 or 11, how <laughs> yeah. the time is. So that's one thing. You're not going to sit still. You, you're going to make the most of it. And I love your uh, wheelchair that you have. Tell us about that. Well, have you I've enjoyed- been very blessed when I first got diagnosed. The first doctor I saw was not very encouraging. You know, yeah. he didn't give me any help or any advice. Just you know, no hope. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much two to five years from what I said earlier. But my daughter found an ALS clinic, and I went there to get a second opinion. And they are full of hope. Oh, I love they that. They say don't don't believe what you hear. You know, we have lots of people who live longer, than, and they provide you with things. Now, they did, my insurance provided my wheelchair. But they helped me to get it. You know, they came out and measured and told me what I needed, and they got the insurance to prove it. Because if I tried to do it, my insurance probably wouldn't have proved it. But they helped so you through that process. Lots of people that helped. So you would recommend this center for anyone listening that knows anyone Absolutely. that has ALS? Yes. It's an ALS center. It's a neurology, Texas Neurology in Dallas. Wonderful. And they have it every month. You go every three months, but they just have a ton of resources available. Mm-hmm. So we left there after the first one full of hope. I love you that. Know? And so it was in doing your research, and you said when your daughters came to you and said, we're going to do this. We're going to work together. We're not giving up. Oh, my children all rallied around me. They've mm-hmm. all been good at different things. Uh-huh. But they've all you know, helped me with something, and it's just been great having family rally around and friends yes 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 well we love you pam and and we just have hope and you sitting here telling your testimony is so amazing thank you for sharing i know it's hard to talk about but you're doing this to encourage someone listening today even if it's just one person ls yeah people have cancer and they have all these horrible diseases and I just don't feel like I've ever been as aware of what I might have done for them. So mm-hmm. maybe we all need to look around and think, what can we do for our neighbor? How's our neighbor suffering? What kind of help do they need? Just be more aware oh, of other people and their needs right here in Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Right here in your own community. You know, maybe next door. Right. That's right. Wherever you live, there's someone who's looking for help. Who maybe needs some hope. we get wrapped up in our ball games and our kids mm-hmm. and our grandkids, and we don't always remember to look out. Mm-hmm. So you feel like your relationship with God has strengthened through this that you've gone through recently, this this being diagnosed, like out of the blue. You had yes, no— I have a verse for that. Okay. Actually, John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. That's a verse that you guys knew all ago. I forgot about that one, but that's a verse that means a lot to me because mm. I don't, I don't worry. Yeah. I don't sit around worried what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen, but I'm not worried about it when it happens. Right. Well, right. I mean, I know of people with ALS who are bedfast, it can't move a muscle, and they've written a book with their eyes. Wow. They have eye-controlled computers you can type with your eyes. I never heard So that. they have all these things I haven't even mm-hmm. gotten to, you know, that are available that 
There's no limit to there's what no you limit. can do when God When you is have there. hope, there's mm-hmm. no limit to what can be provided. That's right. So what would you tell someone listening that, that just doesn't understand this hope? Give, a, give us kind of a – we have about a minute left. Give us an, like your final – what would you tell someone today um, after what you've gone through and just what you've been – been through and how you've been so blessed in your life, what would you tell people? I think my first thing would be find a church. If you don't have a church with friends that you can worship with and be involved with, I would just, I don't know where I'd be without mine. Oh, that's such great advice. So many people now don't think it's important to be involved in a church. Oh, I can worship at home. While you can worship at home, but you're not reaping all the benefits. Right, right. Worshiping together. And you have found hope serving here. Think about it. All the places that you've served and what you've done, have a lot of them have revolved around the church. Oh, absolutely. And same with me. It's, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. And I, I can't imagine what it would be like without our church friends and family. Because a church is a family. Well, Pam, thank you so much for sharing your story. You did so awesome, and it's just so great to hear about how much hope you have. Well, thank you for asking me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let me close us in prayer, and um, there's always hope. There's always hope. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today that everyone listening today would hear something that encourages them to know that you are their living hope and just to cling to you. And to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit calling them closer and telling them to not give up, keep going, keep pressing on, keeping their eyes fixed upon you. And Lord, during this Christmas season, we especially want you to know how much we love you and what a miracle you are. And we have hope because of you. So thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing in our life. And I want to thank you for Pam, for her courage to come here and share her story and encourage others on their journey, that there's always hope. So we pray today that anyone that might think there's no hope left would remember that you are the way to hope because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2023. All rights reserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm.